Hey there, welcome back to the Field Trip Podcast. My name is Brent Terhune. Joining me once again, you know him, you love him. It's Gavin Eddings. Hey, what's going on? Glad to be back here on the podcast. And shout out to Robin Richardson, who actually enjoys your show uh, and also enjoys me on your show. She left some nice comments on my uh, YouTube, Gavin Loves Horror. So wanted to start out with a shout out. Always like when people enjoy me. So that's always fun. With the positivity. So if you have good things to say about Gavin, send it to his uh, YouTube channel. Or if you have good things to say about me, that always helps. Don't you (laughs) like just getting a good note from somebody? It's just I, nice. I like when somebody sends me a nice note, but they cut the letters out of different magazines. So it's like, it's <laughs> very threatening, but also very kind. It's like, yeah, I liked your appearance on the podcast. It's like, oh no, but yeah. also thank you. Nobody so, ever yeah, throws a compliment through a window attached to a brick, you know? <laughs> we got to get that going. I mean, I, if you yeah. brand that as Hallmark, people will do it. You hear you're cooking like, dinner, you hear a crash <laughs> through the living room window, you pick up the brick. I can tell you've been working out. Keep it up. <laughs> really keeping that New Year's resolution. Nobody like lets the air out of your tires and leaves a nice note next to it. Yeah. Oh, you got dog shit under your door handle. <laughs> and also love that top. <laughs> so, Robin, we're, we're saying thank you, Robin, is what yes. was the long way to say <laughs> what that. A, what a weird way to say thank you. Be like, why don't you, Robin, we really appreciate if you just threw a brick through our window with, <laughs> with, a, with, a, with an iTunes review, please. We'd yeah. really like that. Stick it. Stay around in the neighborhood. People like you. That kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, but our, our topic today is the best opening scenes to movies. So I took to Twitter and I asked uh, people over there. I've uh, looked up lists, put my own list together. Gavin, I sent you the list. You're going to have your own. Yes. And uh, the thing that I learned thus far is I've not seen many movies, apparently. <laughs> well, it's hard to think about when you're like, well, what is a good, what is a good opening for a movie? And you're like, you you watch so many movies, but it's hard to think about like the opening. But then when mm-hmm. I, when I saw this list, I was like, "You're right. All these have just incredible openings." Yeah, and it, like, and some of these are are me of like just being a movie fan and and liking the opening scenes. Some of these are from lists. Uh, and I I talked to you off mic, but maybe this is already a two part episode because they're like. I will just say so many answers were saving private Ryan and I pulled it up on YouTube and it's a 25 minute opening scene. <laughs> so it was just like, yeah, of course I want to watch this. Cause I know it's a good movie and it's a good opening scene, but I was also like, just my time, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I love the, I, I, I don't want to go too much into it, but the saving private Ryan opening was like the first time people saw D-Day on like sc- on screen mm-hmm. is before it was in every Call of Duty game that comes out every year when it becomes <laughs> like, like, ah, shit, I got to play through D-Day again. Yeah, we get it. We're pinned down. But it was like yeah. you, you felt like you were there. It was just very, very violent, very, very gory. And I did see there is a company called Clean Flicks. That'll like sanitize movie for like church groups and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Saving Private Ryan was one of the movies they sanitized. So the whole beach, the whole beach scene is just like them arriving on the beach and then like being immediately there. Like, why are you, how, yeah. how are you going to sanitize Saving Private Ryan? Why even bother? It's like when you like, re- remember when Walmart would sell CDs and they would have like the edited version 
I was only allowed to buy edited CDs from Walmart. Oh, really? So my copy of Limp Biscuit Significant Other had all the swears taken out. Yeah. It's like uh, here in Indianapolis, one of the radio stations would have mandatory Metallica, which I think is kind of a thing around the country. Yes. It was. And they, the Metallica has a song called So What? And this, this the lyrics are like, so fucking what? And it's like, I fuck this. I fuck that. I've even fucked a squirrel girl's blank. Like I wouldn't even say it on this show, but it's like they would play that on the air and it would just be like, so what? Like <laughs> I, this, I, that, like, it's just like, there's, it's funny to hear so many bleeps, but at a certain point, this art is lost to being clean. There, there's a lip biscuit, uh, song on their album the chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavor water i was a big limp biscuit fan i don't know if you could tell i've <laughs> named two limp biscuit albums now. you are wearing but... a backwards red hat and a white uh <laughs> shirt and i you am just doing kept I rolling am, rolling the entire time i am doing the rolling motion from yeah. the video and there are two girls in baggy pants dancing behind <laughs> me the whole time and the undertaker is also here yep. <laughs> but but there's a song on there it was just like the f word the entire time and it's like there's no words in this song anymore have you gone to what is the point and also sometimes when you hear the radio version so many times it's so jarring to hear the unedited version and you're Mm -hmm. just like i like the radio version better because it like sometimes i'm trying to think of a a good example of uh like uh i don't even remember anymore but it it was so jarring to hear that what the guy was actually saying i'm like Mm -hmm. oh that doesn't sound fun at all you know well, the Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion wet ass pussy song. Yeah. Uh, like it's gross. It, it, it's very vulgar. But the censored version is wet and gushy, which and is not, and yeah. that's somehow worse. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that wet and gushy. Like that is yeah. like, is this an open wound? That sounds yeah. like a gunshot wound. Gushy is not really a word <laughs> described when it, like favorably. Man, it was so. <laughs> this cake was so gushy. <laughs> You know? You're not gonna, you're not gonna win the British Bake Off with a gushy cake. You can't. That's about it. gushy, isn't it? <laughs> All right, soggy bottom, gushy. <laughs> Sweep your chimney, mom. That's. You can ask really, my wife. That is my go-to British person. Is just a lady that wants to sweep your chimney. I really hate when I'm watching Great British Bake Bake Off and they're like. <laughs> And they're grading cakes and also doing chimney sweeps the entire time. <laughs> it's like, what are you? It's yeah. very distracting. Like, just judge the cake, clean the chimney yeah. later. <laughs> My apologies to the British people, because that, <laughs> that's exactly what this Indiana native thinks of you. <laughs> oh, you sweep your chimney. I know that's not real, And but. also, sorry, chimney sweeps. It's, it's a very honorable profession. Yeah. Yeah. What, what little uh, there are left of you. But uh, <laughs> pl- thank you for your service. <laughs> Um, so let's, yeah, let's jump into it. Do, is there a, I sent you this list. Is there one that's a favorite for you, Gavin? Who best this is a movie good list. openings? Oh, well, my favorite movie of all time is on this list. Okay. And that, and that is the 2008 incredible Batman epic, the dark Knight. Mm-hmm. that bank robbery scene is so good. I actually got to see that scene before the movie came out. Cause it was attached, uh, the, previous december to showings of i am legend mm-hmm. you saw i am legend and imax you got to see that bank robbery scene in imax in the whole entirety and i remember being so blown away by that opening scene and be like i cannot wait to see the rest of this movie mm-hmm. and it's just it, it's a great scene and it really sets 
the the tone of what that movie actually was going to be which is not your standard superhero movie it's very much like the movie heat it's very much like really good crime epics and that's Mm -hmm. why i love that movie and that opening scene so much and it's uh could did you know that one of those clowns was the joker i did not when i first saw it like i i assumed it might like you're always kind of wondering, you're, you're just kind of watching it unfold. But then when he takes his mask off, I remember the theater going crazy for like the first reveal, of like seeing the mm-hmm. Joker in action. It was basically an extended trailer when, when we saw it. But just, I remember trying to find like leaks on YouTube of that scene before the movie came out. It's just such a great, a great scene. And it it, it really is its own short film because it, mm-hmm. it, it has a beginning, a middle and a good ending and just all around incredible. And it's it's one of those where I I don't even I think I just went into that movie not not having any of the hype I just I was like oh it's a Batman movie I'll go see it, um and to know that that was Heath Ledger mm-hmm. was like because I think I went the the whole movie not knowing who that was and then I looked it up I was like oh dude like I didn't even know that that was him you couldn't tell if you didn't know you wouldn't know you know. Because up until that point, Heath Ledger had been in a Knight's uh, Tale was the thing I knew been, him from. He'd been a he'd been in a Knight's Tale. He'd been in Ten Things I Had About You. This was post Brokeback Mountain, so people knew him as like the gay cowboy. Mm-hmm. And so people there there's a lot of ridicule when he got cast as the Joker. People wanted Crispin Glover. They wanted people that looked more like the Joker. Mm-hmm. So there there's some skepticism, but. When he takes off that mask and goes, uh, whatever that doesn't kill you makes you stranger. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh shit, this is the Joker. And like, yeah. I killed the bus driver. You're like, this is buckle up because you're in for just a, a, an incredible movie. And there's also one of the other clowns like has a really distinct voice. And I don't think it's a guy that's known for like anything, but it's like when they're up on the the roof about to slide in you could just hear the dude's voice and it's just like they for for something where you can't see guys facial facial features to hear this dude's voice i was like that's still really cool that they picked that dude's voice yeah they all have that very distinct gangster voice style yeah like (laughs) like it it reminded me a lot of batman the animated series which you and i both love it definitely Mm -hmm. had that very timeless gothic feel of like yeah see without yeah. being without being like Tommy gun yeah and I also love the one banker that decides to start shooting everybody like man they're robbing a bank what do you care it's <laughs> why like you, why are you trying to get why is William Fitchner doing this why is what are you why you know who you're stealing from you know like <laughs> okay yeah. you are a bank manager you'll get it back it, it's a mob bank yeah but uh also but i guess one of my biggest problems with the dark knight and that is up there my favorite movies is nobody stopped and was like that bus just pulled out of the bank <laughs> <laughs> that bus just it rammed in and then just pulled out of the bank with dust flying off it <laughs> Also, shout out to the other buses for letting that bus just merge into traffic yeah. so easily. It's like, oh, that's Rick. Rick yeah. always driving through the bank. Oh, drunk Rick. But I'm also <laughs> like uh, the premise is a, a guy dressed up as a clown who fights a billionaire guy who drives, dresses up a bat. So, again, there's there's some disbelief. But that movie's so grounded in reality that that, uh, that like for a long time, I was like, 
yeah, it's a great scene, but then they just pulled the bus out of the bank. There's <laughs> and not now even a I, drive-through. I, I, I never thought about it that yeah. way. Like you just assume, like somebody'd be like, "Is that one of ours?" Yeah. Are there any, yeah. Are, are there any kids on those? Are there any kids on that bus? Yeah, there's nobody. But again, it's it's still that's so even great despite scene. that. I love that scene. I love that movie, yeah. and it's one of those where like the movie lives up to the rest of that scene. Yeah, because there's so many great set pieces in that movie where you have Batman uh, getting the hang glider. He goes to Japan or he goes to China to like kidnap a man Mm -hmm. and bring him back, which is like this is I mean, you're you're violating probably some international laws here, Batman, by going to China to kidnap a man. But Lao was his name's Lao. Yeah, but but you do you. But yeah, that movie or that opening scene just. Perfect short film, perfect way to introduce the world t- to the Joker. One of the all-time greats. Uh, shift gears to something completely different. One of my favorites, uh, and I don't know if you agree, but the opening scene to Office Space. Oh, yeah, where you, um, where they're sitting in traffic, mm-hmm. just trying to get to work. That's a, and- really fu- that's a really fun scene. And if you do commute to work, I know you don't have a real job anymore. You just do your little skits. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you just do your, little skits on, do, do your little skits on the internet. <laughs> but commuting to work is one of the most mundane and awful things and trying to get into like different lanes to try to go faster so it really it really showed what it's like to be just a worker drone trying to get to work every morning because you've got you've got three or four different stories told in that two minute span of peter switching lanes because this one's moving and then when he (laughs) switches the other one starts moving and in my head i'm like man so much of that went away with zoom work from home stuff yeah I work mostly remotely now, like where we're mostly work from home. So I don't have to do it anymore. And, and it's great. I just roll out of bed and like come to my office and clock in. But yeah, just having to go to, and I'm not in a big enough city. Like I'm down here in Evansville, Indiana. You're up there more towards Indy. So traffic down here is bad, but it's not like LA bad. Yeah. Where, yeah. So, but still it, it's very relatable in, in all the ways. And just Michael Bolton, like, playing his rap Gangster music. rap. <laughs> and, like, he sees the black guy get, get nearby and, like, Selling turns flowers. His, yeah. And, like, t- and, like, turns it down. Locks the door. And then he keeps going. And then he's like, so I talked to my diary. Like, just back up with the gangster rap. Like, it's so funny. And then Samir, the other guy, is just losing his shit in the car. <laughs> Uh, and then also the, there's a, uh, a guy in a walker walking faster than Peter. <laughs> yeah, but so it's like all the all the things of like, man, this 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 two minute scene is this movie, the rat race. Yes. Yeah, so just a really good I, office space. is. It, it took me a while to finally come around to office space. I always thought it was funny because they they played it nonstop on Comedy Central from like 2002 to 2004. So I. It took me to like 2005 when they released like an anniversary edition of it to mm-hmm. finally like sit down and like watch it all together instead of like seeing like Chunks. a piece here yeah. and a piece here. I watched Office Space like I watched Pulp Fiction, where it's yeah. like where it's like <laughs> all out of chronological order. But when you finally watch it, and even now if I watch it, there's just so many little jokes that mm-hmm. it's just a it's it, it's super funny. And I've watched it again in the past year. This is. If I had a top 10 of comedy movies, it's in my top 10 and uh, watch it in the past year. Still holds up. Still funny. Still relevant. <laughs> I love when uh, Diedrich Bader's character like is like, hey, Peter man, Peter man, the, the <laughs> president. 
turn it to channel three. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a breast exam. I my favorite. I say all the time, and nobody knows what I'm talking about. But he's like, I gotta wake my ass up every day at six a.m. I'm doing the drywall down at the McDonald's. Like, <laughs> just, like nobody, if you don't know the movie, you're like, what is this dude talking about? But just makes because he's such a great character. Everybody knows a guy that's just like you know, two chicks at the same time type guy, you know, <laughs> fucking a fucking a Peter. Um, <laughs> another, do you want to choose another one? Uh, yeah, well, I kind of talked about it. <clears throat> I kind of mentioned it, um, offhand, um, how I watched office space like this movie, but Pulp Fiction mm-hmm. has, and that is a, any of those scenes could be the opening scene of Pulp Fiction. Yeah. But the scene of Honey Bunny and the other one who I, I can never remember. Uh, uh, Tim Roth, I think. Yes. Uh, Honey Bunny and Tim Roth's character talking about like who to rob. And it's just, it's two people talking. Mm-hmm. There's, there's not a lot going on. It's just this long extended conversation about how they, they, they want to rob the diner, how they robbed a liquor store and how they got more from the wallets than, than the actual cash register. And just really weighing their options on should they rob this diner and it's very it's super compelling and you're like on the edge of your seat even though it's two people talking the whole time mm-hmm. and it's it's so weird that they've had a full meal and then they're just like all right let's rob the place like, <laughs> just sitting that like any other time they would like dine and dine and dash but yeah. they're like let's just rob this place and, and it's such a flip of like, all right, this is a robbery. And she's like, <laughs> don't you motherfuckers move. Like, <laughs> I thought the actress was here right now. That is a spot on impression. That was... Sweep your chimney. <laughs> Why is the chimney sweep back? You, you bought the chimney sweep cut, didn't you? You're going to book a chimney sweeping with me. <laughs> I don't own a chimney, but okay. But and, yeah, I, what I really like, the, what I the way my mind works and it's kind of going back to like how that bus how that bus pull out of the bank <laughs> you got to think that that waitress is like how long are they going to have this conversation they're holding up my table i gotta mm-hmm. turn this over so i can get some more tips yeah get the hell out of here oh no <laughs> and it's also i think that opening lends itself because the movie does eventually come back around to that diner yes because you have jules and vincent who are there at the diner eating who mm-hmm. have to like talk them down so it's a nice wraparound to the movie. Yeah. And it's some of these opening scenes may not be as strong if they weren't callbacks to the movie. Like I, I think it's a good opening scene, but it's made so much better that mm-hmm. we get it loose back around. Yeah. So I Pulp Fiction is a really fun one, but like I said, any of those scenes, it feels like more, it's like individual scenes that have, distinct beginning middles and ends and any of those scenes you put in there for for pulp fiction like it's an opening scene because that that movie is just an absolute classic mm-hmm. uh do you do you have a favorite scene in that movie oh i shot marvin in the face i yeah. just they're they're just talking about hamburgers and royale with cheese and you ever have one marvin oh shit i shot marvin in the face <laughs> i do like the what is it the wolf the guy they bring in to clean yes. up and you, I just, hear Quentin, and you get to hear Quentin Tarantino say the N-word for no reason. That, no, you know what? I take it back. That's my favorite part is when he <laughs> when says it for no, to, the, to a black guy's face. Just, <laughs> oh, man. God damn, this is some gourmet shit, Jimmy. <laughs> like, uh, I, I, 
I just love Sam Jackson so much. Um, what What is your favorite Quentin Tarantino movie? Ooh, that that is tough. I really like Django Unchained. Mm-hmm. I think Django Unchained is is great. And I, it's to the point now where like he's had so many movies come out, it's hard to kind of keep track because for a while he only had like four. Or yeah. like Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, and Kill Bill. And you're like, well, which of these four movies? Mm-hmm. But now he's done um, a lot of other stuff like Hateful Eight. He did Django Unchained. Once I was probably time in Hollywood and Glorious Bastards. You know. Yeah, yeah. I probably. I really love Kill Bill as a whole. Mm-hmm. I think that for me is my favorite. I love Pulp Fiction for a long time. Yeah. And then after doing rewatch, I think I watched Pulp Fiction too much where I kind of got burnt out on it and it became almost, I, I think I just got tired of seeing like people dressing as Uma Thurman from Pulp Fiction for Halloween. Yeah. And I was like, all right, too mainstream now. Uh, they got the needle sticking out. I get it. Okay. Mm-hmm. God damn. Okay, it's ruined. All yeah. the hipsters are being Uma. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think I like Kill Bill the, the most. I think it tells the most complete story. And I just really like the mix of like anime and action. And just I Kill Bill is my favorite. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Jackie Brown is my favorite. Really? Mm-hmm. That is one that is kind of the, the, the forgotten movie. It's the second one. And uh, I just think Samuel Jackson steals the show with that movie and it's so funny like my fate the best ever sex scene is in that movie when uh it's uh uh robert de niro and bridget fonda and she goes do you want to fuck and he goes okay and it cuts <laughs> to th- three minutes later there uh she, he's behind her in the kitchen and the, like just pants are barely down and they're just <laughs> like uh uh and then it ends and then he go he he pulls his pants up and he goes <laughs> it hit the spot <laughs> My i just favorite. love that he describes sex as that hit the spot <laughs> like he just had a corn dog yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know i wasn't i didn't come into this gas station for a corn dog but this corn dog let me tell you it hits the spot i didn't know i needed it but man did i need it <laughs> My favorite, one of my favorite Samuel L. Jackson lines in that movie where when he's like, the AK-47, when you absolutely positively have to kill every motherfucker in the room. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, just I love that movie so much. Uh, and there are other ones that I just haven't seen enough. So and that, with that being said, uh, an opening scene in Glorious Bastards. Yes. Now, this one was one I got to squeeze in because that was, again, on Twitter and on the list. It was Inglorious Bastards. And I, you know, I pulled it up on YouTube and it's like 20 minutes. And I was like, God damn, I'm trying to watch a bunch of opening scenes. And when you give me a 20 minute one that cuts out the rest of them. But I watched it before we recorded and uh, people are right. It's a it great is so opening good. scene. It is so intense and just so stressful. And you don't expect it to go the way that it does. Mm hmm. You expect the guy to just be very brave and to not sell out the Jews that he's hiding, but just, oh, it's it's so heartbreaking when he just like points down to the floor mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, well, everybody's going to die now. Yeah. And, and the, the, the guy, the farmer's performance of just his blank stare, like just defeated look, but also Christoph Waltz, like just that like the guy could just read things and i'd be like man this guy's such a good actor like the way <laughs> he has a way of speaking um but in that scene you know i think he's speaking french italian german and english like this i'm like i can't even act 
in my native language, let alone this <laughs> dude just doing all the languages. Yeah, and that's what made it so he's he's such a good actor. And I, I think of him as one of like Quentin Tarantino's guys. He's been mm-hmm. in enough movies now where he's like one of the Tarantino guys. And when I saw him as like the fun dentist in Django Unchained, it was like such a huge transition from being like this very focused Nazi to yeah. <laughs> it's just like what? Because some people you look at him and you're like, he's I'm, I'm gonna see him as a Nazi forever, but yeah. he is such a good actor that he, he he really slides into any other role. And I don't think he is appreciated as much as somebody as like a Daniel day Lewis mm-hmm. who everybody just jizzes all over like Daniel day Lewis. And it's like, listen, yeah. he, seems, he seems like a, he, he seems like a nightmare to be around where it's like, I don't want to call you Abraham Lincoln all the time. My name is Mr. Lincoln. Like, <laughs> why does your abraham lincoln sound like richard nixon my name uh, <laughs> uh i did i am not a crook four score and seven years ago <laughs> i uh didn't place the uh, recorder in the uh, watergate hotel <laughs> <laughs> I once had a penny and I walked all the way back because I'm honest, Abe. <laughs> I cannot tell a lie. <laughs> My hips cannot tell a lie. Uh, <laughs> this is now president. This is not just a presidential impression podcast yeah. where it's like, but every president is just Richard Nixon. <laughs> Richard Nixon. It's the most accessible voice to me. So <laughs> well, I drink your milkshake, sir. <laughs> Um, uh, then that was on the on the list too was the the opening to there will be blood but the, it's just a it's five minutes of no dialogue so I didn't really include that but that was on lists but it's of, five minutes of the best acting you've ever seen of a man he, just digging in a hole he yeah he really broke his leg that's how much of a method actor he is, is he really <laughs> broke his leg everybody he's like do it do <laughs> it do it um <laughs> We'll, we'll change gears here uh you and i are both horror fans so it just kind of happened that we have a or i put a lot of horror on here and i'm sure you have a lot too but the yes. movie scream from i think 96 yes uh just the, the the overall beginning of drew barrymore is featured heavily on the cover like yes. this is her movie and she gets it within the first 20 minutes yeah and it's just um like the idea of like a phone killer and mm-hmm. After seeing the new Scream that, that came out a few weeks ago, it's still so people always wonder, like, why don't they just hang up the phone? If you're being like psychologically tormented by somebody, you're going to keep picking up the phone no matter what. Mm-hmm. But and, that, and especially if the guy's like, I'm outside. Like, yeah. You're like, am I in the house? Which door yeah. am I at? And it's I really, really enjoy the open. I, I think the Scream franchise is one of the most underrated. Mm-hmm. I think I think the horror genre may have been completely dead if not for the the revitalization that Scream brought to the genere in 96. Mm-hmm. Because up, up until that point, it was just like Hellraiser sequels that were shit. The Curse of Michael Myers, which yeah. is by all, but then you had this breath of fresh air of Scream come out and then the sequels. And it, it really saved the genre. And then, Suddenly you've got movies like Urban Legend and you've got Scream ripoffs, but at least you're getting movies that are in the similar vein mm-hmm. where it's not just like sequels to other crap. Yeah. Well, and it's such iconic things of like, you know, a movie really 
hit was in the in the zeitgeist when it starts to get parodied. Yeah. Like the original title of Scream was called Scary Movie, and there's been about eight scary movie movies, you know? <laughs> and and even only- if you said, what's your favorite scary movie? Like that's, you just say it in that voice, you know? Yeah, and people know what you're talking about. Um, it also led to other terrible parodies. Like we, we all talk about like, well, Scary Movie 1 and 2 are funny, but then there's like Scary Movie, like, three to five and then epic movie and like all these other parody the movies. Spartans. And I don't Meet even the... know if that was part of the, their... I think it is actually yeah. where they're like, we, we can't call this whatever movie, but yeah, seeing Drew Barrymore g- just give a, a hell of a performance in that where she's just acting to nobody. Mm-hmm. It's just her talking to nobody in, in a phone and just having to get more and more uh, hysterical. This guy's outside, just a great opening scene. And I always love, an opening scene when you, when they, when they hit you hard and then do a hard cut to the title screen, mm-hmm. that's when, you know, you're like, Oh, okay. That was a great opening scene when you're like, this is how the movie starts. Mm-hmm. Well, and even you're like, Oh, they didn't even do the credits. Like I was so into the scene. I didn't mm-hmm. realize it started essentially, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's how, you know, like there was a, there, there's a movie on this list. Um, I'm not going to say that right now, but uh, it starts out and there's nothing on it. And mm-hmm. I was like, is this another trailer? Is it because it's like, is this a commercial for something? Or is it mm-hmm. going to tell me to t- turn my cell phone off? What? Where are we going here? Yeah. Well, do you want to jump to that one? Um, yeah. It's Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. because the movie opens up with Star-Lord like in the hospital, like talking to his mom. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, is this just a commercial for like hospice care? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> what a weird, what a weird thing to play before um, a movie. But then the when the real opening scene begins, when he's like on the planet, he's dancing, he's like singing into the thing. And yeah. that and up until Guardians of the Galaxy, the Marvel movies were always fun, but this was like the most fun they had been. Where they the other ones like Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, this was post the first uh, Avengers movie. Those were fun movies, but they still were kind of had a little bit of an edge to it. Mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy is just one of the most fun movie experiences you can have. You've got a talking raccoon. You've got a tree. You've got and a Chris guy who Pratt. thinks he's invisible. Like yeah. Dave Batista, you know, <laughs> you've got Batista acting his ass off mm-hmm. and not having to Batista bomb anybody, which actually <laughs> took it down in my book. Yeah. But I digress. But you got Chris Pratt being super charming, who up until that point had just been Andy really on, on parks and rec. He, he had done on, he had been on like some other shows, but Andy Dwyer from Parks and Rec was like, wow, what he was known for. So people saw him as like the tubby, funny mm-hmm. guy. So to see him be able to bring the fun of that character into the Marvel universe and just the soundtrack of just so much fun. And like, I'm not like that. I like that movie, but it's not my like, man, I gotta, I gotta watch that again. But that really like shows how much a soundtrack can affect. Cause I, I was like, I should get that soundtrack. And I need, like, I would like the soundtrack more than I like this movie, but it really like, like this, the, the red, was it Leon Redbone? Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like, it's just like, that's like a, now it's a song that people know. And it's a song that's people have known for a while, but it's also like, Oh, now like this is a song that probably your kid knows because of this movie, you know? And, and I think that soundtrack from Guardians of the Galaxy, I think it went platinum. It was one of the best selling. I think it was the first uh, soundtrack to go platinum since I think Garden State. People absolutely love the, you, you can still go to Walmart and buy the vinyl from yeah, Gar- 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 Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. 
It's like, when's the last, last time you saw a soundtrack on vinyl that wasn't like the Frozen soundtrack or Disney related? It's like, this is, I mean, I guess technically Guardians of the Galaxy is Disney related because yeah. the mouse owns, uh, mouse owns us all. Ha <laughs> ha! I'll crack your skull if you don't fall in line and sweep my chimney. <laughs> now, now, if you could only have Mickey Mouse and Richard Nixon argue, it would just be like you're having a schizophrenic episode. <laughs> I am not a crook, Mickey. I promise. <laughs> I, I saw the tapes. <laughs> well, on this Guardians of the Galaxy, we have Hooked on a Feeling. We have Spirit in the Sky. Uh, fooled around and fell in love. Come and get your love. The red, the red bone, the, the beginning of this, you know, the intro song, mm-hmm. like so many other songs in this. And it's all it is. It's like, it's a, th- like with this intro, it's like, it's a way to have fun while seeing who produced this movie. Usually I'm like, all right, let's fast forward through mm-hmm. these credits. But I'm like, oh, this is fun. He's, you know, kicking all these lizard things around you know whenever i think of bad credit openings i think of the friday the 13th series where it's just like the scariest music with like names on it and you're like this is going on for they just gave the caterer a front of movie trailer (laughs) movie credit right now like craft services jerry like you're like i am pissing myself right now reading jerry's name can we maybe can we maybe chill a little bit it's not fun (laughs) <laughs> um uh, how do you feel about the jaws opening credits the opening I mean, scene uh i think jaws is overrated no i love jaws <laughs> yeah I, I think jaws is great i <laughs> one thing that gets me about that opening is i can never tell what time of day it is because at the beach it's like i think nighttime mm-hmm. and they're like partying on the beach but then they go out by the water i was like did they just put a darkened filter over this is it daytime now i think it's like night into morning okay uh, like they had an all-night bonfire on the beach and then they're going to to skinny dip or swim and then you know what happens after that yeah and uh the guy Shark. passes out on the because i watched this last night because i've seen jaws but if I, the most iconic thing to me is the shark coming out and you know all that mm-hmm. sort of the, any any kind of dun 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 that which you get that at the very beginning of the the credits you get that soundtrack already in your head, but then she just gets eaten by a shark and it's just you know getting dragged around and this dude's passed out on the on the beach so and mm-hmm. on the on Twitter, a lot of people said the jaws opening and they're like this is why I won't even night swim anymore and it's you could be <laughs> in like a a pond in the middle of Indiana where there are no sharks but you're like mm, I'm not gonna risk it. Yeah, I yeah that that's a great scene. Um, at Horror Hat, not a Horror Hat, at Days of the Dead last year up in Indy, they actually had a lot of the cast there from Jaws. So I got I got to meet. I think her name is Susan Buckley. Mm-hmm. Um, who who is the girl at the beginning who gets eaten? Mm-hmm. And she talked about it, she's like it was so cold, and it was like she had no idea how iconic it was going to become. She's like I'm, I'm doing this movie, and now she's like at conventions like signing jaws posters forever and ever she's on the poster yeah and just the like the undershot of her like her legs kicking and just the slow dread of getting closer of like there's something in the water here and just like like the buoy just mm-hmm. after she gets killed just like 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 the buoy like going back and forth like nothing ever happened well and it's also that's no mystery of what is in the water it's called mm-hmm. jaws there's a shark on the poster and we're all like, Oh no, you know? Oh no. We're starting out hot with the, with the shark eating somebody already. And yeah. you know, that guy that passed out has to feel like a dick. He's just like, yeah. go on. How do you fall asleep so fast? 
You get drunk, you real drunk, and fall you, asleep on the beach. And you know, more than anything, you and I, we just get blackout drunk every hey, weekend. You know, I, I can't tell you how many girlfriends I've had eaten by sharks <laughs> because of my I'm drinking like, problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like, hey, babe, let, let's go skinny dipping. And he's like, stop taking her to the same part of the ocean. Yeah, it's uh, it's not. It's, I need to get help is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, one that. Go you've lost four, if you've lost more than one girlfriend to shark attacks due to your alcoholism, <laughs> that's true. I, you might need to check into a rehab. You go to rehab. <laughs> uh, one that I had never seen and made lists, and I don't know if you've seen, but it's uh, almost reminiscent of Office Space, but it has a, a bigger twist, La La Land. Have you seen that's, that before? I have seen La La Land, but I honestly cannot tell you anything about it. Yeah, that is one that 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 is one that I cannot remember very mm-hmm. well. I rem only thing I remember from that movie is if you're about to leave Los Angeles and give up on your dream, just do one more show, mm-hmm. and you will get signed and become a famous person. I've done that uh, for thirty shows and nothing has happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to do the right. You got to do the right show. Are people showing up to your shows? No, that's the thing. <laughs> no, I was, I was gonna say that actually, Mike, you just gotta get one person, mm-hmm. one producer to come check out your little skits. Dear and Steven then, Spielberg. And then, and then once you perform for that one person, they will put you in scary movie seven. That's true. And it's and it's just all uphill from there, Daddy. Just all gravy. <laughs> well, this this opening as I, I pulled it up on YouTube, they're all stuck in traffic. That Stop. okay. I, it's and all it, coming back to me now. It turns it because I think this whole movie is a musical, but it turns into them doing a song on the freeway. And it's, you know, great choreography and such a long, they're down the highway and people are dancing and synchronized. And I, you know, I was, I was impressed with the scene. I don't know that I'd watch this movie because it doesn't seem like something that I would watch, even though I do it, like, like musicals. Yeah. Like it's Okay. I liked it. Um, it's not one I go back to re- revisit because uh, a big part of it is like I, I like to uh, mock them because it's all about Ryan Gosling like being a jazz man, like he's real into jazz. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's always like he's, he's like um, whenever I would I, I was dating a girl when I watched this movie, and then I'm dating a girl now, but nice. different girl. Yeah, nice. I just I just want to humble brag a little bit <laughs> that I I do have a woman in my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but <laughs> but there's this line in the movie where he's like jazz it's conflict the trumpet players going back and forth with like the pianist so i would always just quote be like jazz is conflict for like mm-hmm. no reason i bet like, you hear that it's conflict it's jazz it's jazz like he's trying to get his solo in but then he <laughs> wants to get his solo in yeah <laughs> and now it just sounds like trash because they're all soloing at yeah. the same time <laughs> That's a uh, jazz fusion or whatever it was. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was on the list. I, uh, I may watch the movie, but it's not, I was like, listen, we'll listen to the list and talk about one. Um, but nothing that struck out, like stuck out to me. So yeah, a lot La La of these, Land, it's fun. And now that you were saying, I thought that was it later in the movie for some reason, but yeah, I guess it is. The according to you some of these, like I haven't seen that movie. So that could be the middle of the movie. And I wouldn't know Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, but that sounds about right. That that sounds yeah. about right. I added some zombie movies to this one, but uh, my probably my favorite opening of mm, a lot of movies is uh, Night of the Living Dead, 
mm-hmm. um, up till, you know, it's in black and white and you get the scene in the cemetery of they're coming to get you, Barbara. Like that's Stop another it, you're line. Being ignorant. Yeah, you're ignorant. Like I just <laughs> say that. I just say they're coming to get you, Barbara, all the time for no Same. reason, you know, <laughs> and like just uh, then Johnny gets his head bashed in by the zombie and then she's driving. And of course, she's a woman doesn't know how to drive. Oh, shit. Joe Rogan over here with the hot takes. Well, back in 1968, that's how women, you know, did things. <laughs> yeah. uh, back then they couldn't even vote or get a license. <laughs> <laughs> but like just I love that that cemetery setting. I um I just love the whole it's a just a good piece of business, Gavin. A good piece of business. <laughs> the coming to get you, Barbara. Yeah, just I don't even know what, what it is about it, but she makes it to the house and then you know, just a great I've watched that scene, just that scene so many times, uh, mm-hmm. without watching the rest of the movie. What's what's funny though is like they're coming to get you, Barbara. Like you need to move. He's gonna, and then he, he just gets beat down with like just like yeah. The, the he just that zombie windmills him. Just really puts all of his oomph into it. Yeah, usually he would like he's like he's like killing you. He's not biting you. He's killing you. You know, <laughs> You're like ah. Um, another zombie movie was the uh, Dawn of the Dead remake. I don't know how you feel about that. I it, it's probably my favorite Zack Snyder movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zack Snyder has gone on to do the Justice League. He did a lot of stuff in the um, DC universe. All of it, just shit. Just uh-huh. not very good. Um, Don, Don of the Dead for me is, he peaked so early in his career that he, because it's very grounded in reality. It, it was it was before every horror movie was being remade. Mm-hmm. Texas, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre had come out a little bit prior Mm-hmm. But then you had Don of the Dead, which the, the Romero Dead movies were beloved, but they weren't so beloved that you couldn't remake them. Yeah. And Don of the Dead remake, I really love it. It was one of one of the first times seeing fast zombies, like traditional zombies. 28 days later had showed like the fast infected, which were kind of zombies. But this was like just, just the shambling undead now just booking it at you in a mall. And that scene with like the bathroom and the little girl turning and just eating her dad. And then the, the dad like screaming at his wife and like trying to bust through the door. And that like you, you, you enter the movie and she's going to her neighborhood and all is peaceful and quiet. And then she sleeps eight hours and wakes up and shit has hit the fan. First off, unrealistic. Nobody is getting eight hours of sleep. That is a myth. <laughs> yeah, that is a myth. She should not have woken up that refreshed on the dawn of the zombie apocalypse of the dead. <laughs> but yeah, just and then it just I just love it's a great just chaos. You could rewatch it and be like, oh, over there, there's a big fire. But over here, they're eating this dude like there's so much going on. It's, it's got a lot of good background work. And I think the little girl zombie was terrifying. Cause like, Oh, our daughter is now a monster and is eating us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, uh, just think it's good. I don't want to, I don't have any other thing to say about it. <laughs> cool. This is really insightful. It's sure this is, is awesome. This is awesome. Uh, I did sh- like, the, I do like the part when the guy jumps on the car and like punches through the windshield. Like that's terrifying. Yeah, like it, you think the car's safe, like that's that's home base. You can't get me now. No, <laughs> and nope. he's like, he's like, no, nah, I'm gonna punch it. You're like, I'm well, gonna get you. Well played, well played, sir. 
Um, and then I had another one, Shaun of the Dead. Sorry that to, there's so many zombie movies that I added <laughs> to the list. Well, at least we're just like knocking them off one after the other. Just boom, yeah. boom, boom. But you get the, you know, it's Sean waking up and you you get all these scenes of zombies, but they're humans. So they're all looking down at their phone. They're mm-hmm. all shuffling down the sidewalk like they were zombies before they were zombies. It's like and a it, social commentary of some sort. That's right. And that you get a scene of a zombie walking stiffly and you hear, ooh, but it, it's just Sean stretching. Mm-hmm. And like makes his way to the shop and gets a drink, which in this is a movie where it really lends itself to then you get the scene again later in the movie when everybody's a zombie. But you don't know that they're all zombies because he's still half asleep, not mm-hmm. paying attention. So he's walking past zombies. But you have to have the first scene to set up the second scene. And what's great about that, that, that long scene is, is I believe it's all one take where he's just like walking and like weaving and like going into the convenience store and then buying the stuff and then walking back. Mm-hmm. So it really, it, it, it draws you in. You you want to follow what's going on. And yeah, like, like I said, it's, it's like a nice difference from when he's just like living his regular life to there's zombies here now and nobody's even noticing. And on, I don't know if I would notice if people were zombies anymore. That's true. Like it was, it's it's weird. I live in a major city, but I don't do much. So it's like it might be a while before I notice that my neighbors eat my neighbor. Well, you and I mostly mostly work from home unless you're like doing your shows out yeah, on, on the, the road. road. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like I wouldn't you could tell me like there have been zombies for three weeks. I'd be like, well, shit, they didn't show up on Netflix. So I don't I, I, yeah, I, don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened. So that's why my food order didn't get to the house. OK, <laughs> DoorDash got eaten. Uh-huh. The person like the person got eaten, not my yeah. door and, and my DoorDash. Probably there's probably uh, zombies ordering uh, not do- not necessarily DoorDash, but the delivery guy to come to the door. <laughs> I ordered delivery. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he's DiGiorno. Uh- <laughs> Uh, that one on the list is the movie Spectre from uh, James Bond 007. I'm that not a big one. James Bond guy, but I did watch the the opening to this. That's the opening I have not seen. I okay. I I saw like Casino Royale, and that mm-hmm. has a really fun opening with he's like doing the parkour on the scaffold on like the mm-hmm. construction site. But I, I have not seen the opening to Spectre, unfortunately. Yeah, this one is like a big helicopter fight scene over thousands of people, like a Day of the Dead celebration. So you're like, oh, they're going to die and crash into thousands of people. I like and the way you somehow brought Day of the Dead into <laughs> into a James Bond movie. Hey, man, <laughs> they don't let me host this podcast for nothing, which is exactly <laughs> what, what I make is nothing <laughs> my, on my own show. They're actually um, watching George A. Romero's Day of the Dead. Just on a, the, the people are watching it on a big screen. It's a very weird set piece for yeah, a movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not a big James Bond guy, but I, I do I do like try to see those movies. If if it's a time where I'm like, oh, I got time to go to the movies. This is playing. I don't really care if it's bad. I go mm-hmm. more for the action type stuff, you know, and that's what James Bond movies are really for. And um and the misogyny mostly. That's why I watch it. You know what? That's why I like it. It's the same reason I like those Quentin Tarantino movies. So <laughs> not same, but <laughs> back in, back then you could just smack a woman on the butt and say, "Run along, man, talk," and nobody batted a nine. <laughs> now, now you do it. They'll they'll get on Twitter and they'll cancel you. Yeah, that's why I like Mad Men so much. <laughs> it's a simpler time. Uh, simpler Raiders time. of the Lost Ark, which I had to. I it's been so long since I've seen these. 
um, Indiana Jones movies. But again, this is one of those opening scenes that's been parodied so much. People just running away from a giant ball. I've never seen it. Well, what's it about? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nazis. <laughs> and glorious oh. bastards. <laughs> yeah, that the whole getting the sand and like switching the idol and like running from the giant boulder. I mean, it's a set piece in the Indiana Jones stunt show at Disney world, Mm -hmm. where it's like, he's going to run from the ball and he's going to get up and everybody forgets though. Alfred Molina gets killed in the beginning of that movie. Yeah. Cause at first I was like, this guy's got to be somebody. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's doc. Ock. I just didn't know you. I didn't know (laughs) his name. I know his name, but I couldn't think of it at the time. But yeah, yeah, the Indiana Jones, it, it's a very fun opening because it kind of shows like what kind of guy he is. He's, he's pretty crafty. He dumps the sand out. He swaps it. And he's like, yeah, OK, we're good here. Then he's being chased by a giant ball. Yeah. And it's, again, been, you know, like I'm sure Animaniacs, it's, they do. There's so many like adult <laughs> versions of things in children's cartoons. I think there was parodied on Rugrats. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those where you're like, you've seen this movie, but you've not seen this movie, you know? Yeah, everybody knows. Like, I think that is, I mean, it's absolutely the most iconic scene out of the entire series by far is, is, is the him being chased by the ball, switching the statue. There's other stuff in it that's, I, I think the only other thing that I can think of that would be as iconic is either the face melting at the end Mm-hmm. or him shooting the guy with the swords who like does the cool like tricks with the swords. Ha, ha, and, yeah. And he has shoots him. But yeah, man, the, the, the being chased by the giant boulder is like the scene. And it's probably one of the most famous scenes Harrison Ford's done. Yeah. And that that's a guy who's been in star Wars and, you know, just like iconic movies. Mm-hmm, definitely. So, um, go so ahead. One, yeah. that, one that I have that I would be, doing everyone a disservice if i did not mention it it is face off the john i've never seen this but go ahead never seen face off i know i know let let me tell you how it begins you start on a carousel you've got john travolta and his son having a good time at a park on a carousel they're laughing having a good time you zoom out you see somebody looking through a sniper rifle scope it's nicholas cage smoking a cigarette with a mustache Uh uh-oh so they are trying to fight each other. They are they are the ones who are going to have the face off. They're going to swap faces in this movie. But to get to that point, you have to have a hot opener. So the carousel goes around. You uh, you see <laughs> Nicolas Cage lick his lips <laughs> and steady his shot. You hear a gunshot. And then John Travolta screams, holy shit, he's killed his... The bullet goes through John Travolta and kills his son. The movie opens with Nicolas Cage with a mustache shooting a child with a sniper rifle. (laughs) And that is the least crazy thing in the movie. Yeah, I know the premise of it. They switch faces, right? Like that's Yeah. Yeah, they take their faces off. The the I don't know if the science is good, uh, but it is definitely the best movie I've ever seen. Like I legitimately love face off. It's one of my favorite movies. I've seen it at least 20 times. If I'm in a bad mood, I will put on face off as background noise. And the whole movie from there, when you open up a movie with, with Nicolas Cage shooting a child with a high powered rifle, (laughs) you have, it's almost like when you do improv and you, and you start out too hot, but but face off, yes, ands the fuck out of it. They're like, okay, you yeah. shot a child on a carousel with a high-powered rifle. 
Well, we're going to make you swap faces and also talk about eating a peach for hours and just a lot of weird stuff in this. You need to watch Face Off. Okay. Everybody listening needs to watch Face Off right now because it is incredible. Yeah, it's it's like you started at a 10. It's like Michael Scott always having a gun in the improv. Yes, that's what I was. <laughs> uh, yes, when he's like, he says he can't show it to me, but he has a gun. That is Nick Nicholas Cage gunning down John Travolta's kid at the beginning <laughs> of Face Off. And then somehow everybody else in Michael Scott's improv group's like, okay, we're going to work with this. We all now have bazookas. <laughs> Uh, it, do, you, do you have more on your list? Because I'm, I'm anxious to see what you had. Um, Face Off is one that I wanted to talk about. And then I think the, the original Halloween, that long tracking shot of mm-hmm. being through the eyes through of the, the house. killer. Yeah. Through the house. You see somebody pick up a knife. You see somebody go up the stairs. Just the, 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 the shortest sex scene. Uh, it's probably the second hottest scene behind uh, Robert De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the guy in Halloween also said, "Yeah, Judith, that really hit the spot. That hit the spot." <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, they're teenagers; they got a bus too soon. Okay, well, it's, you know, it's accurate. I mean, I don't bust too soon. What up? <laughs> Shit, I, I have that sting sex. The wrestler, not the tantric yeah. love. <laughs> I'm still bust, not busted from the last time I had sex. <laughs> That's how much I don't bust. <laughs> I hold out so long, it's days later, and then I'm in a meeting, and then I bust. I also like that instead of any other word, I've chosen you and I have chosen bust. Like I'm a bus. <laughs> <laughs> you ever be in a museum and bust on a bust of a president? Oh my god, <laughs> it's busception. Uh, you oh. know when you're on that bus in the dark night, pulling out of the bank, and you bust all over the place. <laughs> And you bust all over the bus, pulling out when the bus should be pulling out. I pull out the bus note. Oh. <laughs> but so Halloween, it's great. Uh, it is, it is a, uh, not a law. It's a, there's a one edit in that shot. And that I only know it because of the commentaries. Yeah. But the Panda Glide camera that they used uh, when Michael puts on the clown mask is when they edit that shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just a long shot and it's, you know, her stab or her Judith getting stabbed in the window. Um, but yeah. And that just, if you see like a Blu-ray 4k version of that, like it just looks so good and mm-hmm. it's so simple. And then at the end they pull away and Michael's, you know, wearing the clown suit with the knife and they're like, Michael, and it just <laughs> pans out great music. Yeah. Yeah, I think what makes that scene is not only the camera work going upstairs, watching somebody pick up a knife, stab somebody, and then leave. It's revealed that this was a child that just did yeah. this. And then you pan out and Nicolas Cage has a sniper rifle. <laughs> <laughs> and Loomis, Loomis had to stop him. Otherwise, I know, the he's movie like... wouldn't have happened. <laughs> I shot him six times in the face. <laughs> only would have taken Nicolas Cage one time. <laughs> um yeah did you have other ones too well Halloween? one of them one of them i had um one of them that i had i i, I really hate that all of my ones are like horror movies we but, do have a lot of and i was conscious of that too but you know sometimes a good opening I, is a good I think, opening i think horror movies have some of the best openings because you have to set the tone for horror mm-hmm. with scream you have to set that tone and one that I, I remember being in the theater watching it, it's on this list. I, I was curious if it would make it, but it's one that came to my mind. The Friday the 13th remake from 2009. 2009. Yeah. 
It is a 20 minute opening scene. You meet characters, you get to know them, they get murdered. And then when the last one's about, about to get killed, then you smash to a title card 18 minutes into the movie. Mm-hmm. That was just unheard of because you thought that you might be following these characters throughout the entire movie, that you're getting to know them, but they're just fodder for the first 18 minutes. That opening is so good. And maybe the rest of the movie is not so good. I like this. I like that movie, but I've heard yeah. several people be like, if they just cut the movie off after that 20 minutes, I would have loved it. <laughs> like that's such a good, like there's a visual in there where somebody is hanging from a rope in a, in a uh, sleeping bag dangling over a fire and just what a great visual that is. Like Jason is cooking teens over an open <laughs> fire. Like it, it's we like what this Jason's hunting people. And I think what people didn't like about the Friday the 13th is because that, oh, it, it has such a strong beginning and it feels like a Friday the 13th movie where this Jay Jason is brutal. And then he kind of like becomes like a weird hunter with like underground tunnels and mm-hmm. like is obsessed with like Daniel Panabaker. And it's like, oh, uh, okay. Like, this is fun. Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I like the movie, but I see why people wouldn't. But, and like, he's running fast. Like he's a hunter. And mm-hmm. I do like the hunter aspect of it. And you get, you don't get the, the hockey mask you set you get the what's well, more of a turban in this instance but it's like <laughs> bandages over his head like man I thought, what a just a I, big imposing figure i thought the choice to make jason middle eastern and to put him in the turban was a very brave choice for 2009 yeah it was after 2001 you know no <laughs> <laughs> oh boy uh but jason does get get the mask in the movie because the guy's in a barn like busting and yeah, to a magazine <laughs> he, he was busting and jason's <laughs> like you you can't hold your bust and then kills him and then takes the mask uh yeah i i just i like that movie and i think that that's one where it's like the movie it's like with scream that could just be a movie a short film on its own mm-hmm. i was much with like inglorious bastards like mm-hmm. That yeah, when you can and, and and I've said it a bunch bunch here, when you can like have like a short film be your opening, mm-hmm. it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. It's got a yeah, beginning, middle, and end. And then like, oh, if this is the opening, I can't wait to see the rest of it. And sometimes it doesn't always happen, but you know. And then uh one movie that I just remembered and thought of that is that was really ahead of its time, um, the original Fast and the Furious movie when they are it opens with the street racers like robbing a truck mm-hmm. and what they've it's been the, so long since i've seen that movie i watch them regularly okay because it is people talk about how some movies are like very very dated and like very much a product of their time 2001's fast and the furious is like the perfect time capsule of the year 2000 and 2001 they are stealing dvd tv combos yeah everybody is driving a mitsubishi spider with underglow (laughs) and they're just um and you you can call people slurs and everybody's like okay yeah this makes good what kind of slurs gavin (laughs) what kind of slur (laughs) all right here it starts with an f okay Uh, no no cut (laughs) okay (laughs) you want to race for pink slips (laughs) race for pinks and but the scene of them robbing the truck and like using grappling hooks to pull the truck over and just seeing like if you're doing a robbery, you're using the most conspicuous cars. I mean, I'd be like, well, what car was it? Well, it was a Honda Civic with green shit underneath. It was it. bright pink and bright green. <laughs> and 
Michelle Rodriguez was hanging out the sunroof. Yeah, it, it he got the guy says Michelle Rodriguez, not a whatever <laughs> character. Name. And Vin Diesel Letty. was there. Vin Diesel was there. Uh, Dom Toretto. He kept talking about family. He's like, we're I, doing this for my family. <laughs> for family. Uh, yeah, some and some of those, it's like, those are okay movies, but some, like, I think action movies really lend themselves to just having great openings. It's just like, blow some shit up, do a stunt, I'm in. Yeah, and that's what the Fast and the Furious, that, that original opening was. And nobody had seen, like, the, the street racers before in, in movies, really, where, like, the underglow and, like, racing for pinks. And we still all quote those movies to this day, and so much of it, started with that movie about racing for pinks and street racing. Like after that movie came out, everybody started robbing trucks of their DVD players Mm -hmm. and also racing illegally on the streets. Yeah. No matter what car you had, you left the theater and you're like, (laughs) and you're like, you're in a Fiero right now. (laughs) That you have no gears to shift. You are just, (laughs) you are just going, you are just going from neutral to drive. Why? This is is bad on the transmission. (laughs) Uh, well, I, I think maybe there's enough for a part two, Gavin, and we'll have to. Yeah, let's come back to it. Yeah, I, I think this was a lot of fun, and it's uh, maybe a great way to see a lot of movies uh, at once with not having to actually see them. It's just, uh, <laughs> I watched the openings. We'll just need to go on YouTube and be like, the best opening scene compilations. Yeah. And by the end of it, we'll be like, we could have just watched a whole movie. <laughs> yeah, we could have. Yeah. Because like Friday the 13th, that's 20 minutes long. Like that's yeah. an episode of The Office. Brand. That's true. It's an episode of The Office. Uh, and Glorious Bastards with 20 minutes. Yeah, some of these. So next time I do want to, I would do want to do it right and watch uh, uh, Saving Private Ryan with the full 25 minutes so I can give my <laughs> full and complete thoughts because I know that's what you've been wanting. <laughs> Brent, you're hewn, reacts to Saving Private Ryan. I'm just going to do reacts to movies <laughs> that are like 20 years old. <laughs> That's that might be what I needed because I, I keep that. That's my problem. I keep on my channel. Gavin loves horror. I keep doing reaction to new shit. I need to react to old shit. Well, and you pick a fan favorite uh, like, um, you know, I don't know. Scream like screams 25 years old or whatever. You could do that. Yeah, I could just <laughs> I feel like my my reaction would be so disingenuous to be like, what's going to happen? What, is, is Drew Barrymore not going to survive this movie? <laughs> I've seen 29 times. Where are the parents at? <laughs> Where are they? Where were the parents at? And the heroin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you got what I was. I'm glad you picked up what I was like. You're like, that's Eminem. I am whoever I say. Where were the parents? Uh, uh, yeah, check out Gavin Loves Horror. I just watched your uh, review of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, trailer. So when anything yeah. big happens in the horror community, you're commenting on it. Yes, I, I try to. Um, whenever I see a trailer come out, I, I love doing it. But also when I see a trailer come out, I'm like, oh, shit, I got I to gotta put out a video today. God <laughs> damn it. Like- <laughs> I got to work now. <laughs> I got to do at least three hours of editing on this to, to get my 30 views. That's I need right. these 30 views. <laughs> well, but it could no, be 31 if you, the listener right now, goes over to YouTube and subscribes to Gavin Loves Horror. I recently hit 420 subscribers, so you know what that means. Blaze it. Blaze it. You got to... <laughs> weed Much- till i die <laughs> as soon as i know how to s- learn how to smoke weed i am there baby yeah uh but uh gavin thank you for being on the program <laughs> well thanks for having me Brent. <laughs> thanks for being here oh all right yeah, until next time
You shot my child's face off. <laughs> See you, man.